Greetings, Internet, Twitter, YouTube, everybody out there. This is the latest episode of Fighting the Void. I am, of course, Eric, and you can follow me on Twitter at GingermanEditor. And with me, as always, is Crystal over there. And you can, follow, you can follow her at Crystal with three capital I's at the end because she likes eyes for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. And with joining us today as our guest is... Um, should, should I use your real name or should we just stick with the Twitter handle, man? You can use my real name. I don't care. Okay. This, here's Lucas, and you can follow him at Loom in the Dark on the Twitters. And uh, we are going to talk about immigration today. Now, Yikes. yeah, yeah, right. The third, it's like the third, <laughs> fourth, fifth, sixth rail of politics lately. And uh, believe it or not, we talked about this. We had this scheduled out before all this child separation hoopla started. So we had no we had no idea that was coming. As far I didn't have a crystal ball. I'm pretty sure Lucas didn't have a crystal ball. Maybe Crystal had a crystal ball. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And so I don't know. It just it it just happened that way. So I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. But the Mm -hmm. intent of this is actually to be a little broader and talk about the issue from a from a much higher view so we don't get bogged down in the minutia of whatever the specific current policy is and whatever the you know the frankly the freak out of the moment is not that we won't talk about it but there's a lot of other issues that feed into this more than just what the specifics of what's going on at a given detention center right now again we'll get there bear with us um yeah, hopefully we hopefully we learn something here. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you have fact checks, go ahead and leave them in the YouTube chat or on Twitter uh, at Fighting the Void. Of course, uh, you can find us there. Um, you can also send email, hate mail, whatever, uh, to fightthevoid at gmail.com. And Crystal will be keeping an eye on the YouTube chat and the Twitters so that uh, we can respond to your questions, comments, um, accusations of Nazism, whatever. <laughs> we, 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 we welcome all, all, all people here. There are no walls except the firewall. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's establish some common ground here uh, so that we all know kind of where we're coming from. I think first and foremost, when it comes to talking about immigration, um, we do on does does everybody accept that immigration has always gone on any country anywhere there's always been some sort of immigration right yeah, yeah. Right. there's do we understand that any nation whether it's this nation whether it's Mexico whether it's uh France whether it's Nigeria we all have uh we all have the right to secure our borders and to determine who gets to come in. Yeah. Okay. That, that that's a basic tenet of national sovereignty. If you don't if you don't secure your borders, and and or you don't, you're just like, hey, you know what? Come go, whatever. Don't care. That's not really a sovereign nation anymore. You can still have your own yeah. rules and everything, but you. There, there, there's no way of knowing who's in your country. What's, what's coming into your country is the biggest thing. Whether it, you know, that if you don't have secure borders, anybody can bring anything in, good or bad. 
Yeah. Um, do we agree that most immigrants, legal and illegal, are most likely good people who are just looking for a better life, trying to escape whatever crap hole they came from? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And do we... Does anybody here have a problem with legal immigration at all? Legal? Yeah. No. In, in principle, in principle, without getting any specific details about limits and, and whatnot. Um, okay. So I think that establishes a fair amount of common ground. Any nation, don't care which one, gets to determine who gets to come in, gets to secure its borders. And legal immigration... We're cool with. There's a process. Please follow it. Um, what do you guys think about about the current legal immigration system? How, um, uh, given how long it can take to get in legally, how do you guys feel about that? Magical and in no way broken, or maybe some tweaking? I would say definitely some tweaking because there's a lot. There's a lot there that I've heard from people that. There are, there are areas where they make it like a total and a complete pain in the neck to get through. Yeah. And then there are some areas where it seems they seem oddly lax in, you know, in criteria. Uh, because, I mean, it would have to be because, like I said, if more if other areas are problematic, then there's going to be ones that make you scratch your head, too. Like, that was oddly easy. Um, okay. You know, there has to uh, be. A, do, you, do you have any examples in mind? I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I've got I I've got one. Um, my brother's uh, my brother's sister-in-law. Uh, she she married a guy from she married a guy from Canada, and it was a total pain in the butt for him to actually, even though he was marrying someone here, he was essentially getting a green card. It was still a massive, huge. Pain in the butt process. I mean, this guy had a job. This guy had no record whatsoever. As squeaky clean as they come. And it was really, really hard for him to get in. Or um, a more famous example, actually, is uh, none other than Roaming Millennial. Yeah. she's. I don't know if she's actually managed to actually get citizenship or, you know, or like some long-term visa over here. Not yet. I, I don't know. But I know it's. I know if she has made it over to the side of the border again, coming from Canada, you know, pretty much America's unofficial fifty-first state, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, you know, she had a really hard time going through that process and getting over here and getting over here. For her, you can almost see because she's been all over the freaking place. There, there's a reason her, her first name is Roaming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. Even so, yeah. Again, no records. We get clean. Uh, good, good background. Job, talented, so on and so forth. Uh, why should that be hard? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I know another another YouTuber, uh, Barbara for UTC or whatever yes. her handle is. Yeah, she's had a hard time like being able to just stay in the U.S. like she wants, like, because she's still still trying to get through the process, I know. Mm -hmm. He said it in several videos. 
Okay, yeah, I don't follow her as much as I do roaming, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. And I remember I remember her mentioning that, that she's having a hard time with the process as well. And she's from well, Slovenia. Okay, um, I was going to say, I, I, from her accent, I know it's one of those areas. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Can you add something, Crystal? No, I'm 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 just I'm just moderating today. And a okay. fine job you're doing. <laughs> now, what I, but now what about an example where you would say, "Huh, that seemed ridiculously easy." Okay, that one is a little bit less less examples there, but I, when you look at a system that has checks and balances like if if one area is really ridiculously hard there's always going to be some area that where there's a equal kind of a pitfall right right um, um but i don't have any examples i'm just kind of going off of an assumption which we all know the rule on assuming things makes an ass out of you and me uh, <laughs> one thing one thing actually does occur to me and that is the um the lottery, the lottery system, where essentially it's, well, you know, this area, we don't have that many people from here, so therefore we're going to give them preferential treatment. We're going to kind of speed them along, essentially. Or, yeah. or the, is that the lottery system or is that the quota system? One or the other. Essentially, it's and there was specifically one of the recent, within the last year or so, uh, TerraTex was a guy who, got in on the lottery system from, I think it was Uzbekistan. And again, one of those things that's like, you come in kind of easy there, buddy. And of course you've got chain migration too, which again, a lot of people don't like that term chain migration. All it is, is the idea that somebody can immigrate over here legally, but then they get to essentially once they're here, they get to say, oh, well, how about I bring over, you know, my dad and my brother. And before, and before you know it, you know, his dad brings over his, you know, his brother. And you've got, it's basically, there's no check on it. That's the, that's the problem with chain migration. It isn't limited yeah. to just immediate family. It's, okay, you bring in this family. And then that person gets to start his own chain. So even if it was a limited was limited to just okay, you can only bring your immediate family. The problem is, once that person's immediate family is over, well, their immediate family is a little bit different, you know, because if they can bring all of their siblings in, then okay, before you know it, you've actually got second and third cousins once removed of the initial yeah. immigrant in. That's a little that that's an easier route to go, and yeah, it's. It comes from a good place. It comes from the idea that we don't want families to be separated. I get that. But then again, once upon a time, it was understood. Like pe people just, just understood this, that, you know what? I'm going to go to America. Yeah, a lot, a lot of men left their families behind in the, in the motherland, wherever it was. And they went to America and worked and they earned enough money to get their families through, get their families through legally, through yeah. the uh, through the whole process. There was no, 
there was no, at least to my knowledge, fact check me if I'm wrong. Nope, but to my knowledge, there was no preferential treatment. It was just, you know what? You go through the same process as everybody else. You made the choice to come over here. So there you go. You know, as far as I can remember, throughout the 19th century and early 20th century, like immigrants were just treated equally as bad. <laughs> Um, I mean, it, right. it went through phases where it went through phases where it was like first it was the Irish that got treated really poorly, and then that kind of changed to like the Chinese and whatever else. But I I feel like immigrants were equally looked down upon until they actually proved themselves. There's a lot of truth to that, um, <laughs> you know, and 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 they they proved themselves in different ways. I think, you know, the Irish. And, and there's different re different reasons for this. And maybe that's a maybe that's a topic for uh, for another show. But you know, they became they became policemen. They became firefighters. They became uh, bartenders all throughout New England. You know, they got jobs that were important that were important to the community. And eventually, people got used to the idea that they were around. Yeah. You could easily argue that they weren't fully accepted until actually, because of course they were Irish Catholics, and you could argue they weren't fully accepted until JFK was elected. Actually, because there was of course yeah. all of all of that hoopla about the fact that uh, people saying he was going to take marching orders from the Pope or something, and <laughs> all, all they had to do was look at his, uh, shall we say, dance card, and <laughs> realize that he wasn't always really interested in listening to what the Pope had to say anyway. Yeah. <laughs> dance card anyway <laughs> yeah uh and of course you know the the chinese they built the railroads so thank you but uh yeah as, as we all know that wasn't exactly that wasn't exactly a cakewalk for them either oh, no. No. and of course you know they and they did what anyone should do you know, they either got jobs doing stuff like that, or they started their own businesses. I mean, you know, the Chinese laundromat, it's a stereotype. It's a stereotype <laughs> for uh, Same with, you know, Chinese restaurants and everything. And you know what? You know, the people who did that, they did pretty good for themselves. I don't know how many of them became rich or anything, but you know what? They did all right. They did, yeah. all, you know, and I remember growing up, that was a thing you hear certain people complain about. You know, why am I struggling and living paycheck to paycheck when this immigrant goes and, you know, gets his own business and that? I'm like, nothing, nothing's stopping you, man. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. They, you know they, they, those guys, they came here, they worked hard, they saw an opportunity and they took advantage and they took advantage of it. And by take advantage of it, I mean, they worked, they put themselves they put themselves out there. They worked hard, and they carved out a little box of success for themselves. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and good for them. That's that's that right there. That is the American dream. Uh huh. Being able to come here with five dollars in your pocket or less, and within a within a generation, you've got your own business, and you're sending your kids off to college to become engineers and stuff. That is the American dream in a nutshell, right there. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's one of the things that this country is all about, is being willing to welcome people who are willing to play by the rules and work and assimilate to a degree. Now, 
I don't really now of course assimilation is a big thing that comes up these days mm -hmm. and it, see to me it's the assimilation of people into American culture has always been unusual uh, not because yes. it's never been you, you you people have never just come into America and completely lost who they were yeah no they've always they've always been able to hold on to a part of that of uh, of their culture and it does come in and it does and it has at least perhaps until recently always oh i i would legitimately say enrich the culture oh it has yeah. it's added to the because the, america is referred to as a melting pot for a reason because it's all these different people with different cultures and backgrounds coming together, but they're, but what's bringing them together and what would be considered assimilation is having shared values and a shared core belief in like the American dream and so on and so forth. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the shared values and everything, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to unpack just in that statement, really. We could we could spend two shows on that if we so desired. Uh, yeah. But it, it has been said, uh, I think the first person to say it was a uh, personal favorite author of mine, G.K. Chesterton. America is the first nation founded on a creed, founded on an idea. And, you know, that idea is, of course, best laid out in the Declaration of Independence, that we are all endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights, yeah, you know, among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that has drawn people from all over the world. And of course, holding that together has been, until recently, and whether a person likes it or not, has been uh, has been a shared, basic uh, Judeo-Christian morality. I hate the term values, but because <laughs> it's basic, because it's just a cheap term for morality. Yeah, and that is what has held. That and that was something that was in common for most people coming into the country, not all. And nor should it be a, I don't, of course, believe it should be a requirement either. If you're willing to play by the basic rules and work hard and earn your way, come on in, I don't care. <laughs> but of course, we do still have other issues to address. Of course. Yeah, just, you know, and all of that was essentially preambled to lay the groundwork that we get, we get that a lot of people come here looking for a better life. And that is a wonderful thing. I don't give a crap where they're coming from. If they want to make a better life for themselves here, that's great. Come on. You could, you can live next door to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, but there are still issues of, there are still basic issues of security that need to be considered and amongst that is making sure that our immigration is legal that it goes through a process even a horrible broken one like ours currently is and there's been nothing but argument about that about how to do that for as long as i can remember mm -hmm. um now crystal uh we've been one of the big things that has been uh, debated, especially in the last couple of years, is whether or not to build a freaking wall on the border. Your thoughts? <laughs> uh, um, well, 
I think it's definitely good to have a better, more secure border, that's for sure. Whether it's a actual wall, it, it, it doesn't need to be in a literal wall. Like, we, we don't need to build our own, well, China. Or, <laughs> is that even what? I don't. I don't remember the name. I'm. 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 I'm, I'm running out. Of, I'm running out like four hours of sleep. Forgive me, but um. Yeah, I think I think having a strong border is is and protect immigrants who came into here for a better life. Mm-hmm. You want to protect them from anything that could potentially hurt them having a better life in the country they just immigrated to. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, now, now, Lucas, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Crystal. Now, there can definitely be a argument about like how it's done and whatnot, but I... I, I really don't see what's so controversial about wanting a secure border. I say the same thing about the border between the U.S. and Canada. Like Agreed. it's just it's good to have it's good to have a secure border overall, not 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 just in the south, you know, up north too. Not because they're trying to keep all the uh, all all the scary uh, Canadians out. <laughs> <laughs> has there been, has there ever been a less intimidating? Nation. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I can't remember where I read it, but there has been some illegal immigration from Canada. Yeah, not oh, I'm sure. the same extent anywhere else, but the definitely, definitely, I think more than you would expect from what I remember hearing a long time ago. Oh, you know what? Actually, yeah, yeah, I have seen that. That there are a lot of people mm-hmm. that because of increased border security on the border with Mexico. A lot of people were essentially bypassing it, going up to Canada, and, and then coming across border towns there. Yeah, I actually remember seeing something about that not long ago. Yeah, and, and it's and there's like no security there. <laughs> I think Lauren Southern did a video where she's on this border town, and she's just like, "Yep, the border's literally right there." I'm in Canada. I'm in the U.S. I'm in Canada. I'm in the U.S. <laughs> it's like, oh well, that's. Maybe not great, <laughs> but <laughs> so okay. So Lucas, uh, what do you think of what do you think of the merits of the wall or any other method of better securing the border? Well, I'm definitely of a mixed mind. I guess you could say, okay. um, because like. Personally, I'd be, I'd be like, well, it doesn't have to, like Crystal, it doesn't have to be a literal wall. It just needs to be more secure. The, but the one issue that I have is the just with the overall power that the drug cartels have in Mexico, part of me goes, maybe it wouldn't be a good idea to have a physical wall to make it harder for drug trafficking. Right. <laughs> At the very um, least, you know? Yeah, and and the fact is that um, you would have more control because they'd be like, okay, there's actually a physical wall, so we actually have to go to where there isn't a physical wall, so we can bypass it. Right, or you have um, to go over it or under it. You got to work for it. 
Yeah, exactly. So it'd be at least it would be difficult for them to actually work across the border like that. Now, there are several other issues uh, of how they could bypass it. For one, I know for a fact I've I've heard from a few people that uh, up here in Portland, where I live, there's actually people related to drug cartels who live here. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, like apparently that's a thing. I'm not. I'm, so they do I'm have... not terribly shocked because. Uh, where, where I live, I'm pretty sure we've got that same sort of thing going on. Uh, in fact, I think I so, live pretty close to a major drug corridor. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not necessarily being ignorant to the fact, I already know they have connections here. It's been well thought out. Like any, you know, any crime organization thinks this stuff out. Like, oh, are they going to do this? Well, we got this connection and this connection. That's what they always do. But... But having a physical wall would be a very strong deterrent for a lot of their activities so that we're giving them a little less ability to operate, you know, with with whatever nefarious things that they do. Right. No, and um, I totally agree with that. No. So that's the only the only issue that I would say, like, oh, yeah, build a wall. No, build a wall. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually – now, a lot of people – for, first, let me actually, because uh, Crystal brought up the Great Wall of China. Uh, China actually, China, China actually just recently said, it's like, oh, yeah, a wall won't give you border security. Oh, really? Why did you big that big, build that big giant wall that some people say you can see from freaking space? Why did you build that again? <laughs> Maybe it was really? a peep out the barbarian hordes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it worked really well. Did you? Did you? Did you hear about those ancient Mongolian airplanes? I have. <laughs> right. They can fly right over. They can fly right over that wall. Yep. yep. Just flew right <laughs> over it, and by golly! And before you knew it, Sun Yu was fighting Mulan on, on the Emperor's palace, and there was no hope. <laughs> no hope at all. No, see, they catapulted. They catapulted themselves over the wall. There were you know, no. I would totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally be up for that ride. But <laughs> I, I actually, we know, we know, we know the now. Thanks to Matt Damon, we know the real reason they built the Great Wall of China was to keep out the dragons. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> I, I really like that movie, by the way. But that's just me. I haven't seen it actually. I, I'm waiting for it to show up on Netflix because I really want to see that movie. I thought it, I was like, "Is it ridiculous?" Yeah. Okay. So what? It looks like fun. <laughs> Wait, what movie? A lot of Chinese cinema is ridiculous. Okay, um, Crystal, the uh, Crystal, the screenwriter, doesn't know about this movie we're talking about. I am out of the loop when it comes to movies. So forgive me. <laughs> well, <laughs> this time. This time, it was actually a movie where uh, well, Matt Damon shows up. Uh, I forget why he shows up. He was a mercenary or something like that. He's uh, he was looking for gunpowder. Ah, okay. Well, he came oh, to the right place. And, and, and bombs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. And and yeah, and found out that the uh, Great Wall was there to uh, keep out the dragons, essentially. Not big, super massive winged dragons like we would think of. You know, Smaug wasn't there, but they they were more like oversized Komodo dragons. Oh, so from the trailers. Oh, so the movie is called The Great Wall. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, 
that digre that digression aside, I think Lucas is going to find a copy of it, or he has a pet Komodo dragon that he's going to use for demonstration purposes. I'm not sure, but but yeah. So you know, China saying that a wall doesn't help with border security. I I don't think they get to say that. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a lot of people say, you know, well. Israel's wall didn't really work, you know, when they built the wall to separate out the uh, the West Bank and whatnot. And you know what? It did, actually. Terror attacks really went down after Israel built their wall. And See, I totally have a copy of it, like right, right I here. I knew you were doing that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to do it until you said that. And I'm like, well, crap, I better get that copy of it. <laughs> well, here it is. And there you go, your Matt Damon starring CGI cheese fest that frankly looks like a good time. Honestly, it does. I mean, a lot of people were saying that it was like an attempt to whitewash stuff. Oh, for the love of crap. It's a Chinese-made movie. Like, most of the people in it are Chinese. All they have is like Matt Damon, William Defoe is in this as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, there on the cover. There's, there's, there's literally just those two, and I don't know who the third person, Pedro Pascal. He's yeah, the other. He's the other white. The other white European guy. Okay. Um, well, we're gonna have to. We're we're gonna have to do a whole different. Yeah, uh, episode that's, that's actually. On. I was just. I was just explaining. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to do a whole thing on this whole cultural appropriation, whitewashing shenanigans that is i'm not just, trying to open that can of worms oh no don't worry, don't worry. Well, come on we're talking about immigration it's already a can of worms what are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> i believe i opened with it's like all the it's like all the extra rails of politics but yeah, yeah like you touch you if you touch it you incinerate pretty much <laughs> so yeah i was i was just uh, talk, discussing with Crystal while you were uh, retrieving your artifact that uh, a lot of people talk about Israel's wall too and say that, you know, that didn't help. No, it did, actually. It actually, if you look at terror attacks before the wall, terror attacks after the wall, they really went down. And, th and the fact that Israel lets everybody just, if they're willing to live in like, you know, in, in Israel... Mm -hmm. Do their own thing. It doesn't matter if you're Palestinian or you're Arab. As long as you just like, you're cool with everybody doing their own thing there. You can live there. Yeah, yeah. All you gotta do is not try to wipe Israel off the face of the map. Exactly. All you have to do is just respect. Okay, you have your place. That's cool. You know. Um, so I still don't understand like how places like Israel or how. Like people like give our immigration policies a bad rap. Oh, we're trying to strip. Right. They're trying to strip people of their culture. I'm like, have you not looked at Japanese history, like Tokugawa era politics and stuff like that mm. for immigration? Literally, and I know this because I've read up on the Ainu because I'm kind of fascinated on small cultures who are actually on the verge of dying out because okay. there's nobody practicing. But the Ainu, which is actually like the indigenous recognized as the indigenous people of japan okay uh, i i make i'm completely ignorant of this you're totally educating me right now yeah so they're they're 
that they weren't actually recognized as the indigenous people of Japan until 2008. Wow. Interesting. uh, So they kind of escaped from what most Japanese culture was because they were kind of on the outside. The Japanese were actually the invading party. Hmm. Uh, So they went up to the, you know, the North Island to get away from all of that. But when Tokugawa came in and unified Japan under that whole regime, he had he had those isolationist policies. So he went up to the Ainu and he said, "Okay, you can stay here, but you have to become fully Japanese. You have to practice these Japanese culture. You have to speak Japanese. You can't speak your own native language. You can't practice any of your culture. That has to go. Way to destroy a culture is to take exactly, and that's what he said." That's what he said. So you have to be 100% fully Japanese. There's no more of this Ainu stuff. If you don't agree to this, you either leave or you die. Well, then. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Uh, you can have choices. You do have choices. (laughs) But but when you realize, like, stuff like that happened in history, and it's probably not even unique to Japan. No. How is our immigration policies, like, you know, plights against yeah, okay. humanity or whatever else. We let, we let in literally hundreds of thousands. If I, I should actually look up uh, how many we let in a year. I should have looked that up before we even started the show. Um, let's see here. Yeah, let's see here. How many immigrants to the U.S. in 2017? Yeah. And, you know, 2018 isn't done yet. Let's see what the Google says. Sex and immigration but, today. So, Center for American Progress. They'll probably include uh, illegal immigrants in the thing, but yeah, you know, maybe they'll split it out. We'll find out. It'll be fun. Maybe. If the maybe. page loads. There we are. Okay. I just want to number people. I don't want to. Today's immigrant population. Let's see. Oh, goodness gracious. I do. I've got all kinds of other data in here. <laughs> That's the problem of looking up these things. I know. I just want, I, I, literally, I literally just want one number. Okay, unauthorized. Okay, well, they just split out unauthorized Im- immigrants. Uh, let's see. I just want to. I just want to <laughs> number, man. That's all I want. You know, it says approximately 43.3 million foreign-born people live in the United States as of uh, when this came out. But let's see. It doesn't – I don't see a place where it actually just says how many came out, in, you know, came over just last year. Uh, yeah. Here, here, let's just look up yearly immigration. Yearly immigration. I just, that should be better. Yeah, that Ooh, should be. The real numbers. The real numbers. The real numbers. So, <laughs> you know, because because they said real, you know. It must it's be totes real. Legit. It's, yeah. Yeah. Totes, totes legit, people. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, from 2007, so it's going to be older, but okay. Uh, oh, great. I got to download a flipping fact sheet. <laughs> fact sheet. <laughs> Who needs those? <laughs> Open. 
Sorry for everybody watching at home. This is I, I I'm sorry this is tedious. If I had a post production, I'd scrub this in post, but I don't. So deal. Uh, let's see here. Okay, from two thousand, from two thousand two to two thousand six, apparently, uh, all new lawful permanent residents is over a million. Uh, yeah. So it it's says there were, be a large person. Portion, that, yeah. That, that, frankly, that almost seems low, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, that does seem a bit low. But so, okay, so over four years, um, 1,021,884 legal immigrants into the country. So, hey, that's pretty good still. Even if that number is, it has gone up or down, I honestly, uh, I honestly don't know off the top of my head. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, it probably—I bet you those numbers are right because it's right after 9/11. Probably, yeah, yeah. That was, I, that was a yeah. As I, as I was reading and everything, I did uh, read that there was a bit of a dip in immigration after uh, 9/11. I think both probably because both from people not being interested in coming here and from uh, tighter restrictions on the borders. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's, I think, I'm sure that is legit. So, but still, even when we're, even when we're being restrictive, even when we're clamping down, an average of 250000 a year, not too, not too yeah. shabby, I think. We're, that's, that's pretty welcoming. Yeah, it's pretty welcoming compared to the, compared to, yeah. Australia, for example. I actually had, um. I actually had my friend Kylie on an earlier episode of, of this podcast, and she lives in Australia. And we were talking about some of the political culture there, and they have extremely restrictive immigration policies. They don't even they don't even let them on when people because you know Australia is, is an island, right? So mm -hmm. if people are going to try to illegally illegally immigrate there, they're getting on a boat. It's like people coming here from Cuba. Well, they don't even let them onto the mainland. They're like, see this craptastic island over there with the tents? You either go home or you go there. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from from what she was saying, the conditions there are pretty craptastic. So, again, yeah. Um, you're doing too bad overall. Now, of course, with any sort of border security, they're... There are always there. There's always going to be issues, always. Yeah. Whether there's whether there's a wall or not, people are going to try to get over it. People are going to try to get under it. That's another thing that Israel can actually bear witness to, and that's the fact that uh, bad people will try to dig tunnels under your wall and s smuggle in terrorists and all kinds of other things. Um, exactly. Actually, another fine example of a wall for security purposes. It's called the border of North and South Korea. Yeah, <laughs> the, the most fortified place on the face of this planet. And, you know, I remember years ago, they actually uncovered that the North Koreans had dug, they had dug tunnels underneath the wall, well, in, well into South Korean territory. And that, you know, but you know what, at least you got to work for it. <laughs> at least you have to work for it. And uh, if we're talking about North Korea, I think a lot of those tunnels were probably built by people who wanted to get out. Not uh, you know. No, not that, was, that was that, that was th those were military tunnels. They were designed. Oh, they were. They were designed in case they wanted to attack. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people forget a lot of the stuff that North Korea's done uh, and been caught planning on doing. Uh, I remember, I think it was, I can't remember. It was either late during Bush or early during during Obama. They actually sold the South Korean island. Island. Oh, no wow. Joke. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a one off thing, and they've attacked uh, South Korean ships doing like military exercises and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, really bad. But again, separate episode. This is why this is why having a memory is really important when discussing political issues. <laughs> yeah, people completely forget about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and um, amongst things that people forget about, uh, getting back to our own immigration issues, people keep talking about you know, a path to citizenship for the current people that are here illegally, which yeah. is anywhere between uh, 11 and 13 million, depending on upon who you talk to. And, you know, a lot of people just want to give them amnesty, say, boom, you're a citizen. There you go. Send, send them on their merry way and give them voting rights, tax the paycheck, so on and so forth. Yeah, we've done that before. Reagan actually did it way back in 1986. Reagan? And Reagan, yes. It was part of a deal. The whole thing was you were they were so the the whole package deal as I understand it was we're going to grant amnesty to basically whatever illegal aliens show up and say, "Yeah, we came here illegally, but we really love some of this amnesty you're offering." And in re in return, there was going to be increased border security, and there was going to be uh, massive restrictions on employers who employ illegal immigrants. Like they, yeah. they were going to, they were going to get the book thrown at them. Well, three, uh, just shy of three million uh, illegal aliens showed up and said, "I'd love some of this amnesty," and said, "Okay, cool. Here you go. Here's some amnesty for you." And but we, but the final bill actually got all this all the uh laws and everything that would punish the employers of illegal immigrants it got took all of that out the final bill did and guess what we never got we never got a lot of that increased border security we we're supposed to get so <laughs> it was a, the whole the bill was a major bust yeah and that's why republicans have been so big on no we're not we don't really want to address what to do with the illegals that are already here until we get a wall or some sort of seriously beefed up border security. We, yeah. Like we like we don't want it's like no we've we've played this game once before and we got burned. So we're not gonna do it. Now do I honestly think that the Republicans have any interest in building a wall? No I don't <laughs> I don't think either oh, party yeah. has a lot of interest in solving this issue because campaign money people <laughs> Yeah, they uh they do the whole political thing. They never like they never like being of a solid opinion when it comes to things that might give them negative PR or, you know, stuff like that. They like always they're always great about having a def definite opinion when they're in the opposition and they can use it to raise money. When it comes to actually they have the power to do something? Yeah. All of a sudden we're worried about the PR. <laughs> Yeah, which is, is why I hate uh, I hate politicians in general. 
Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and of course, the Democrats don't have any interest in this because in addressing this. One again, campaign money, and two, uh, most illegal immigrants who, and, and most immigrants in general have a tendency to vote Democrat. So they're like, yeah, voters. Yeah. And of course, they, and and of course, this is also why voter ID laws and everything are so, uh, are are so opposed, because, hey, if there's no voter ID law, there's no way of checking. Literally anyone yeah. can go. <laughs> Literally That's anyone can go cool. and throw their name on a and and uh, you know pull the lever. It's like yeah, and in fact they've been quite explicit about this now in California. They've been they've yeah. been open about it. They even recently uh, there was some I can't remember if it was the state government or if it was one of the cities that oh, openly appointed a, an open illegal immigrant to a government position. It was like. Okay, uh, it's uh, California, man. What are you gonna do? That's <laughs> uh, true. Now, now, of course, we're we're actually getting close. So uh, I think we should shift to addressing the the current crisis just a little bit. Yes, and yes, yes. Was... Yeah. So so let's do that. We we we've got about we've got about fifteen minutes or so left. So we should really get we should get into that since that is the topic du jour right now. Yeah. All right, so we all know roughly what's going on. People are showing up at the border, and uh, fan, you know, people if they show up with kids, they're you know the adults are being put in one place for detention to process a legal case, and children are generally being put in another. I don't think this is happening in every case, but it seems to be it seems to be happening in enough, and. This has been a huge hoopla now for a couple of weeks. Um, Lucas, what, what have you seen with this? Uh, I've seen only a few things where, like, uh, I have friends that are talking about it. Generally, they're talking about, like, what kind of monsters are really cool with, you know, parents being separated from kids. And then there's, there's those articles that all share that same picture of the one little girl crying. Which I read an article where the uh, yes. the father the father of the child was going actually like you know the little girl she was never actually separated from their mom they're together they're fine which I read that article I'm like huh almost seems like that picture is a little manipulative then yeah um, <laughs> and actually yeah the the border control agent who was there he wound up speaking out I was like yeah that's that's not what happened. And this, this woman had actually already been, she had already illegally in, entered the country once and been deported. Yeah. And then she shows up claiming asylum and, and it's like, you know, you're an economic immigrant. You are not as, you're not even claiming, you don't even have asylum status under like the extremely broad definition of legit asylum that was prevalent in the Obama administration, which included your fleeing domestic abuse, which why you can't just go to the next town over. I don't know, but yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, let, let's just, let, let's just say for sake of argument, I was suffering domestic abuse. I don't think I would need to flee to Canada to, <laughs> to get away from it. You know, it's like, there are plenty of other places you could go to get away from that. Lots closer. Lots closer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
you know, just just saying, because that's been another thing that's come out with, you know, us kind of tightening the asylum policy again to where it's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to claim it for economic reasons. You don't get to claim it for, you know, because you're fleeing domestic abuse, because your home life sucks. No, no, no. That's not asylum. You can still want to, you can still want to come here and make a better life for yourself, but there's a legal port of entry over there. Please apply. Yeah. You know, and yeah. And otherwise, go find some family members in the next town over, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I understand the governments in these places suck, suck, and they're not likely to help. I grant you that. But yeah. there's so other places to to go. Yeah. Try to use that as your get into America free card. Yeah. I feel for you. I sympathize if it's legit domestic violence. I really do. But that doesn't automatically grant you a right to come here. Yeah. That's why that's why churches send send missions to all of these all of these countries and all of these faraway places like constantly. Yes. <laughs> they they are there they are there to help you find them. <laughs> so but that's that's essentially the extent of what I've known, what I've like randomly uh, come across. Uh, so I don't know what the the other of you two have uh, read yeah. into it. Uh, Crystal, what what have you seen about this, or or what what do you think about what's what what's going on down there? I still need to read up more on it, but one thing that's kind of grinding my gears with anything really that ends up coming to the surface is. This has been going on for years, and I, I'm just, I'm a little frustrated that this was going on even during the Obama administration. Mm -hmm. Obama administration. I think I heard it was going on prior to the Obama administration too. So it's been going on for even prior to that. So I'm just wondering, yeah. okay, this has been going on for how many years, and people are just now really speaking up about it. So it just, yeah. it, I, I'm getting a little frustrated with um, the moral outrage when this hasn't even really been a secret for decades. Yeah. Right. Now, there's been, there's been a lot of confusion over that. Now, um, I actually just brought up I actually just brought up one of the articles I was looking at. And I want to I want to make sure I get this right because this is important. Now, one of the now the relevant laws they were actually passed back during the Bush administration, and I'm actually trying to find out exactly what the uh, exactly what the laws were. Now, it wasn't I do know it wasn't widespread that we were immediately separating. Uh, separating children from parents until 2016. Uh, this was still during the Obama administration that uh, this was ruled by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that the way the way they interpreted the law was that even for people crossing the border illegally, you need you need to you can't detain children any more than 20 days. Oh yeah 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 it was it was like children who were unaccompanied, something like that, uh, that that had to be released after like 20 days or something to like 
to a to a legal guardian or a foster home, something like that. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled back in I think it was May of 2016 that no, this applies to people crossing the border illegally as well. So then it was now the law interpreted by the Ninth Circuit Court that you have that if people are coming across the border illegally, you can't detain them as a family for more than 20 days. Mm, okay. So this has only been the way you had to do it for, since May of 2016, as far as I understand. That doesn't mean it wasn't happening before. Um, children were, of course, detained under the Obama administration. But a lot of, in all fairness, a lot of that was due to the massive influx of unaccompanied minors that were coming yeah. across. And they actually just had, um, I can't remember his name, but uh, I think it was Obama's DHS secretary. He was on like MSNBC or something over the weekend where he did say, it's like, yes, you know, we detained children and, you know, and, you know, basically just downplaying saying that, you know, we had to do it. it we didn't like it, but, you know, and of course, and of course nobody cared. And, but, you know, that's, that's the way it was. And now what Obama was doing with when families came across, he would, or anyone really, <laughs> he'd say, okay, you're here. Um, you know, give us your name and your number, and uh, show up at the state for court, and we'll we'll process we'll process your case, and we'll tell you whether you can say you or not. In the meantime, they got to go wherever the heck they bloody well wanted. So, and what I've seen is thirty-seven to thirty-nine percent, depending on again whom you ask, didn't bother to show back up. I'm honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't more like sixty percent weren't showing up. <laughs> But, yeah. you know, uh, so, you know, those, uh, you know, so those 60 plus percent that did, good for you. Honestly, you're probably a person that I want here. <laughs> yeah. You're probably a person that's okay to be here. In all honesty, I, you still need to go through legally, but I have no specific problem with you because you're clearly not trying to hide. Yeah. If you're, if you're that other 37 to 39%, not so much. Not so much. And, of course, that is exactly how you get a whole bunch of illegal immigrants in the country who may or may not have good intentions. They based, you know, those 37 39%, honestly, most of them probably still had perfectly good intentions. They're just afraid of getting sent back to whatever crap hole they came from. Yeah. You know, um, I honestly, I understand that. You still need to play by the rules. Yeah. It really is that simple. If I go to your country, I'm going to... I'm going to play by the rules. If I go to just like, oh, I don't know, say Singapore hearkening back to the Clinton administration and vandalize a car, I know I'm going to get my back whacked with a cane a whole bunch of times. <laughs> you you yeah. know, play by the rules, man. Play by the rules. You don't get burned. It's really that simple. And oh yeah, don't pee in an elevator in Singapore either. That's, they, they don't like that. They actually have detectors in the elevators. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. How <laughs> did that happen where they need that? I don't know, but we I should really ask Chicago. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm more concerned as to how many times that's happened to where they actually put detectors Apparently in it happened enough. Because if it was happening often, you would have put detectors in there to determine if You people. know what? I'll bet it used to happen often. 
I bet it doesn't know more. It used to. Not no more. <laughs> <laughs> no more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people, don't, people don't like the Singapore cane. No, I don't think I would. I would I would be no fan. Uh, I, but, I would I would pass. Yeah. I would pass. Hard pass. Hard pass on the cane and anything that leads to the cane. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, it's just an example of the fact that if you go to another country, I suggest you know the rules as best you can and you apply by them, and you play by them. Generally, you play by the rules well enough just by not being a dick. Yes. <laughs> and that's pretty yes. much the case anywhere you go. Yeah. You know, as a guy who's been to a few different countries, so long as you're not a dick, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You have to beat up a taxi cab driver, you might have issues. <laughs> <laughs> Just yes, yes, saying. yes. Uh, no, I didn't do that. And so anyway, uh, back back to this family separation issue. So anyway, that's that's the basic background. It's been going on to some degree for a while. Yes, it is ramped up right now. Uh, a large deal was made before the family separation separation issue became a big thing about oh my gosh, we're losing track of of kids that come across the border. You know what? I read an article about that very issue from 2015. Guess who was president in 2015, people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It wasn't Trump. So is this something that needs that needs to be addressed? Do we need to uh, uh, be able to track these kids better? Yes. It is not a uniquely Trump issue, though. Stop no, pretending yeah. that it is. It isn't. All right. It's not as though everything was rosy under Obama and everything is horrible under Trump. Okay. Or vice versa for that matter. And just because people are pointing out that it was active in another administration doesn't mean they're not saying it's still not an issue. Exactly. Now, one of the things that upsets me about this whole family separation issue is that every picture we've seen that's supposed to illustrate this, every single one, at least that I'm aware of, I could be wrong. Again, anyone who's listening, please fact check me. Let, <laughs> let me know if I'm wrong. Seriously. Every not. picture that I'm aware of has been fake. Everyone. Yep. And so, you know, the initial thing was, again, kids in cages from 2014. Uh, there was another one that came out about a week after that. That was from a staged protest. There's, of course, the now infamous Time magazine cover, which, again, of course, Time is defending because, well, you know, we got the details wrong, but the narrative was right. <laughs> so what you're saying is your facts were all BS, but you told a good story? See, that's, you're, not, that's, you're not supposed to be a fiction writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why you need to be careful about pictures that they use in articles because it's all about theatrics and getting yeah. those people... In, in all honesty, even if, the story, even if the story was 100% accurate, which I understand that it was not 100% accurate, nor was it, yeah. as I understand, 100% false. Because I think in the actual story, they referenced that the mother and daughter weren't sep weren't separated. You're still putting that cover on the magazine. That's what people want... see. That's what gets circulated. 99% uh, more people see that cover than read the whole story and I guarantee you, the time mag the, the editors of Time Magazine are not idiots. They know this. Yeah. You want, people you like, want, what? Go ahead. What's that? 
you want artifacts to be correct because even one false fact is going to make people doubt your claim. Undermines the whole argument exactly, and that's why the that honestly, that's why they increasingly suck at their job. <laughs> it's like you are literally undermining yourself. Mm -hmm. You're you're making the whole story seem false. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, you're making people completely doubt whether this is even happening. And I'm not saying that I doubt that it is. I believe that I, I believe that it is happening to you know to one degree or another. Do I think it's as bad as you're making it out? Honestly, I don't. Because another one of the pictures I saw of yeah. kids in one of these horrible detention centers was a bunch of freaking teenagers who looked very very well clothed, very well dressed in a very nice facility like they were all around a big screen playing freaking Xbox. Mm -hmm. So, guess what? <laughs> I'm not you know, again, you're undermining yourself. When this is your example, I suggest you find a better one. Uh, another another picture was just circulating recently. It was a kid in Iraq from years ago. <laughs> like Oh my what? gosh, people, why do you suck so much at this? See, they're having the same problem that uh, the auto industry had when they're like, they lost all that money. They're like, oh, we need to get more money. Let's go to uh, plead for bailouts from Washington. The first time they went, I don't know how true the story is, but it sounds like some something blundering CEOs would do. The first time they went to Washington, all the CEOs from the company all flew went in their jets. own private jets. Yeah, that is true. That is 100% factually yeah. accurate. <laughs> and then they're like, no, 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 no. You, you're not getting any money from us. Get out. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, private jets and stuff. It's like, do you know how to, you know what? I don't know if we should invoke him given recent events, but uh, a, a trick I learned on the Cosby show. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no. No, it didn't involve it didn't involve drinks or pills. Okay. It, it, it involved us it, it, it involved wardrobe. Whenever he oh. went whenever he went okay, maybe that's not the best example either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whenever he went to go buy a car, he always he always dressed like he was a guy making twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah. So he could talk him down to a good deal every time. Now, of course, that get and that got instantly undermined as soon as some as soon as somebody new walked in and said, "Why are you dressed like that?" It's like you've got you've got sweaters that are worth more than I wake in a week. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, there goes my good deal. There goes, there goes <laughs> you, my good deal. It's like you pay it if you want to make an argument. You want to reach a certain thing, you got to pay attention to the whole package you're presenting, people. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, maybe this isn't the best example, actually, because in that uh, Mr. Huck, old Dr. Huxable was uh, lying. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, it's true. Still, pay attention to your whole package and make sure you're factually accurate. Kind of like one of the things I saw when, you know, that was supposed to undermine the whole concern about illegal immigration was on. Uh, it was an Adam Hates Everything video. Mm. And the thing that stuck with me about that was, you know, it's like a, it's not like, you know, it's not a one way street. It's more like a revolving door. People come across the border, they make some money, they go back to visit their families and whatnot. And, you know, it's like they come and they go. I'm like, you realize you're literally pointing out how unsecure our border is. 
Yeah. You are actually making the argument for me. Yeah. <laughs> you, you twit. You again. This, your argument it doesn't prove what you wanted to prove, man. <laughs> if, exactly. If, if any, if any country's border where you can easily go in and out without any sorts of legal action. This is not a good thing. Legal participation. That that that's very 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 concerning. Because if you can go in and out, what what's coming in and staying? What's coming in exactly? And honestly, we're about close to uh, having to wrap up, so we don't have. Honestly, we may need to do a follow up episode on this because we didn't give a have a little time to get into what are we actually worried about? Uh, short version: drugs and terrorism. But. Uh, but you know, uh, Lucas, you'll have to come back and we'll have to do a follow-up episode here. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, this is a long subject. It is. It uh, really is. And I mean, we didn't even really get as much into the uh, family separation separation issue as I would like. In short, do I like the idea of family separation? Honestly, no. I really do not. Um, I don't even necessarily like the idea of using. What's that? I said, if you are a good person, you are going to be against family separation. Exactly. Uh, you know, do I love the idea of detaining the whole family in the detention center? Honestly, no, but you got to do, you can't. Honestly, I'm also not in favor of letting whoever comes across the border with a kid in their arms go wherever they want in the country. If, yeah. it, was up, if it was up to me, it would be like, oh, you want to be a citizen of the United States? Do you want to apply over there? No. Okay, well, here's this bus. Get on that. We'll be taking you 100 miles that way. And, <laughs> and we're done. Yeah. But, you know, and of course, uh, another part, actually, a quick point before we go is part of the reason for the separation is a lot of these people are coming over and declaring asylum. Now, that process takes a lot longer than just processing, oh, you cross the border illegally? Well, we know what to do here. You know. But there's still a legal process that has gone through, even in those cases. But it's yeah. very quick. That takes like a day. So you know, before you know it, they're reunified and they're and, and they're back and they're back on their way to where they come, where they came from. At least they should be, or they're detained together or whatever for a short period of time until they are sent back to where they're to to wherever it is they came from. Yeah. Now, when you declare asylum, that's a much longer process because we'd like to know if the claim is legitimate or not. So we invest we investigate said claim and determine whether or not you know we should grant you asylum. And that can take longer than 20 days, which again is what is re is the limit where you can actually keep a child detained under the law as interpreted by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Which again I would like to point out is actually probably the most liberal court in the country. It just is. Any any decision, just about any decision they make, is something that conservatives hate and liberals like. Yeah. Plain and simple. You know, you can think that's a good thing. You think it's a bad thing. I'm not here to argue that right now, but the fact is, they've got a reputation for being pretty left leaning, and this was their decision. And Donald Trump is simply enforcing the law as interpreted by the Ninth Circuit Court, which everyone has been happy with him to do to enforce to conduct the law according to the court rulings when it comes to every other immigration is pol policy that he's put forth or or tried to enforce. Yeah. Uh, which, again, maybe, you know, that's another, uh, you know, maybe we'll discuss that in our follow-up episode as well. 
you know, suddenly this one, they want him to, they want him to be a dictator and ignore the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the guy that they are the guy that they are insisting is literally Hitler is actually saying, Well, I'm sorry, this is the law. I can't actually contravene it. I can't say don't enforce it. That's actually not part of my job description. We're all used to it from the last guy who sat in the seat saying, yeah, I don't think we should enforce that law. But that's not the way it's supposed to work. You, yeah. you cannot like laws. That's fine. Advocate for them to change. You have that right as part as a, as a citizen of this country. You have the right to advocate for the change of laws by writing your, repre your representatives, by peacefully by peacefully protesting, uh, by voting, of course, and you know, writing your writing your own articles and stories, doing your own videos online, whatever. Anything that you can do that's factually accurate to sway public opinion in the direction you want it to be swayed. Go out yeah. and do those things. Stop saying, you know, well, this law sucks. You should ignore it because that's the right thing to do. Okay. Um, there are perhaps a few limited circumstances where I might ag agree with that, but it's got to be really super serious. Yeah. Like, like really, really, really serious. And even then, I'm you gotta you gotta understand what you're doing and you're setting a, a dangerous precedent. Yeah. Uh and you're, and you're setting an expectation that people could follow. And as we all know. Once you cross a line, that line tends to get pushed. Yeah. Farther and farther and farther and farther. So always, always be careful when crossing pretty much any line. Yeah. Know what know what's on know what's on the other side of it. Know what you want to happen. Understand the consequences of you doing that. And then other people are gonna want to follow you and cross the next one. All yeah. right. And there's only so far you can push the envelope before it breaks. Yeah. yeah. So on that Cheerito. <laughs> I actually want to give uh, because I've been doing most of the talking. I want to give you guys uh, the final chance, uh, final opportunity here to offer any final thoughts you might have. Lucas is our guest. I give it to you first. You give it to me first. Yeah. Oh, how about that? Um, final thoughts on what we've talked about today. Well. Strong borders, uh, you know, actually vetting immigrants, good, because you want them to contribute something. Otherwise, you're not really a country. You're just playing pretend country, mm -hmm. you know, um, just letting them come in. And using that to help people who come here to seek a better life, help them grow. Use our policies to help them grow and take personal responsibility for themselves and their lives and their livelihood. All good. Keeping drug cartel out. Also good, why I think literal wall, like a literal physical wall, is a good idea. Um, and I acknowledge it for what that is, uh, good and bad. Um, and then separating families, bad, bad. You know, you don't want to do that. So that is my last disjointed thoughts. <laughs> good enough for Just me. I think, I think that's a perfectly fine takeaway. Crystal. Simple and plain, yes. Yes. Well, Crystal, you, anything you would like to add? Well, I pretty much agree with you two. And um, if there's anything else I'd like to add, it's it's that a lot, a lot of it is, it, it's not 
as much of a situ situation of absolutes that many people keep trying to make out. It's yeah. a lot of in between of like assimilating, but also keeping some of your culture and heritage with you, and mm -hmm. yeah, and not being not not being a pain in the dupa country to get into, but not being a revolving door. Because again, if if you can just walk in and out of your country, like a in, into any country, like a revolving door. That is the problem that a that the country needs to look into, because mm -hmm. you don't know what's going in and what's no. going on. No, exactly, and that of course is the primary concern when it comes to securing the borders. So again, we're going to have to uh, do a follow up uh, episode on this in in a few weeks' time. And um, Lucas, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Oh no! Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a blast. And I, I can't. I, I actually, I can't wait to do it again. And uh, we'll have to have you on as well to do uh, maybe a little cultural appropriation and whitewashing fun fun talk. Nice. <laughs> yes, and bring the popcorn for that one, folks. Actually, <laughs> sure to be. A special, What's that? Special thanks, a special thanks to Lucas for actually even bringing up this topic to yes. discuss on the Yes, completely agree. And so once again, everybody, thank you for uh, showing up to Fighting the Void this week, this week. And look for us again in a couple of weeks. We're going to be having another guest on. And we're going to be discussing, I believe, some issues having to do with Israel and Palestine. So another rip-roaring good time. <laughs> so look for that in about two weeks' time. And we will see you then again. Um, keep fighting the good fight out there.